You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey y'all, it's Bridget here. Today we're stepping into the enchanting world of spirit competitions with a true expert at the helm, Nicolette Teo. She is a luminary in the spirit competitions universe. She has perfected the art of curating spirit competitions, creating a stage where her judges shine at the stars of the show. Nicolette's journey is a testament to her unwavering dedication and expertise, her ability to assemble a panel of judges who, under her guidance, evaluate and celebrate the world's finest spirits is nothing short of remarkable. It's her passion, precision, and the respect that she commands in the industry that sets her apart. So sit back, relax, grab yourself your favorite spirit to sip on and enjoy the show. Nicolette, welcome to Served Up. I am so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm super excited as well to be chatting and I'm honored to be, you know, guess podcasting with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's jump right in. Can mm-hmm. you tell our listeners a bit about your background and really, you know, what brought you into the spirit competition world? Okay. Well, my name is Nicolette Teo and I am the co-founder of LA Spirits Awards. Uh, previous to, th- to starting LA Spirits Awards in 2019, I ran the San Francisco World Spirits Competitions and the San Francisco International Wine Competitions for a while, and um, kind of just fell into competitions. You know, when I graduated from college, I graduated with a degree in anthropology, which, you know, you can only be an anthropologist or Indiana Jones with that. Um, (laughs) But I always knew I wanted to do events and kind of had a foot in like the Hollywood scene and then also like wine and spirits and just decided the people that I was meeting was like a thousand times more fun and more genuine, nothing against Hollywood or anything like that, but um, started working with a wine and spirits personality who had his fingers in a ton of things, radio shows. Um, He had a trade publication and then obviously the San Francisco world spirits competition. So I worked my way through his company and kind of found my calling, I guess, you know, with competitions. I I loved what I was doing, but um, San Francisco's, like a lot of other competitions in the industry, is its own operated and judged by a very homogeneous demographic, you know, the older white men and nothing against them. But as you and I both know, it's not really reflective of the modern day spirits industry or its consumer um, you know, so in the fall of 2019, just as COVID was like becoming a thing, my business partner and I launched LA Spirits Awards um, because we kind of felt there needed to be a spirits competition that better represented and 
serve the contemporary spirits industry and its audience. So that's sort of in a little nutshell how I've come to be doing what I'm doing. And I love that because, you know, historically, you're absolutely um, correct. Historically, when you look at the spirit competitions, it really did circle around one demographic. Mm-hmm. It's almost going back to, you know, whiskey it was dominated by males for so exactly. long. And then all of a sudden we'd see women in whiskey things pop up, which I actually find completely annoying, you know, even though I have participated in whis- women in whiskey events in the past, mm-hmm. just should be seen as something for everyone. So I absolutely re- respect um, what you've created. And I think that your platform, you know, even as an outsider looking in at your website is so different than really any competition that's out there. I would love to start with that because you almost create like characters with your judges to show their personality. I've never seen um, a competition do something like this where you really get to know your judges and what they even like to drink. Can you talk about that idea and why that's important to the LA Spirits Awards? Yeah, I think, you know, part of that is just I think brands are reflections of their owners in some ways. And in that and in that aspect, the the illustrations definitely was something that I wanted to bring sort of just a different perspective. You know, a lot of the competitions, as I said before, their own by men and I just thought a feminine touch you know kind of that these are things that I enjoy in my personal life I'm always you know I'm not an illustrator but I always enjoy them and I think that they lend um, my business partner and I who also he also worked for the San Francisco World Spirits Competition Joe Bloom and he was part of their marketing team from the very beginning um, kind of worked to put together the voice of the competition the San Francisco competition so when he and I got together and we thought, okay, what what are we looking for? We are looking for diversity, modernity, and youth. And also, and then I was like, well, I want this sort of more female perspective. Personally, that's what I bring to the table. Um, and so we chose, you know, Joel by trade also um, is a visual graphic designer. And so kind of the aesthetic look is very important to us. I think it conveys a lot of our brand. It conveys our personality. Um, and it was important to us, too, to get personality across because, you know, at the end of the day, medals from a spirits competition are sort of like a seal of approval. They're like a friend telling you like, hey, this this product is great. Right. And you want to be able to identify. You don't want just anybody telling you like anybody off the street could yell at you like, hey, I like this and this brand. But if you don't know them, you don't know what they're about. You don't know what their preferences are, what life they've lived or you know, that kind of a thing. It's like, well, that that recommendation means a little less. And so we felt that it was important that people know who and identified with the judges and who who were telling them that this product is good. And, you know, beyond just giving voice to this myriad of expert perspective that our judges provide, it was also like we want our consumers to we want our metals to really resonate with our with consumers who 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 use these metals, um, and so yeah, I think ev- a lot of our decisions are based off of this thought. It's like, who are we? What are we trying to get across? Um, do people, you know, kind of remove that veil between the expert and the people mm-hmm. who who are looking to us for recommendations? 
Well, I think that you do it brilliantly. And Thank so you. We, yes. And so can we talk about what the judging process looks like, especially for our listeners that are maybe not so hip on what a spirit competition is? Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I, I, th- I spend so much time telling people this, like even my parents who, you know, I've been doing spirits competitions for so long, they still have no real clue um, what I do and like why I do. And and it's funny, this past year, they actually were in LA when we held the competition. So they came and helped out and a little behind the scenes. And it was really fun for me because it was finally like, oh, look, this is what your daughter has been doing all these years. And you finally see it because it's a, a very well-oiled machine. I'm very proud of our staff and and our judges. And so Sort of in a nutshell, a spirits competition is where brands will pay the competition a participation fee and we they send in their samples, um, my team and I, and we do this thing where there's a big separation of church and state where no one on my team judges. We are very clear in that because the judging is blind. It's done blind where it's just what's in the glass. Nothing should affect your opinion on it, you know, not price, not, oh, this entrant entered their competition, the, the entry forum in all caps. So they must be like, they must not understand or like they called all the time or their packaging came in peanuts or whatever. I insulate my judges from that. That's what I deal with. They just know what's in front of them is, say, a flight of vodka. So what happens is we will, my staff and I will pour everything in a back room, bring it out to our judges who sit on panels of three or four. And in front of them, there'll be like 12 glasses and they'll say, okay, in front of you, 12 glasses, A through whatever. Um, It's all vodkas, glass A through D are wheat. E through F are rye vodkas and so on and so forth. And then the judges sit around and they blind taste and they rate each product a metal level. So bronze, silver, or gold, or if they, if it's a flawed product, they can give it a no metal. And then collectively as a group, they give it, they kind of discuss, and this is always my favorite part of the competition because you learn so much from these experts and there's so much personality and there's a lot of, discussion and um, human aspect to it, to something that can be very technical too. Um, And then as a group, they give it a group score, a group medal, and that's its final medal. And if all judges agree that it's a gold medal, the, the product wins a platinum medal. So what's interesting is this isn't it, it, it is a competition, but not at this stage. Um, products don't compete against each other at this stage. They rather compete against the standard of what a vodka should or shouldn't be. Um, and, you know, as standards change and evolve, the judges kind of are gatekeepers of that, which is why it's so important to pick the right judges, pick the right tastemakers and influences. And also that's where the diversity of the judges come in too, right? Like, um they might have different lived experiences, different aspects in the, they, they participate differently in the industry. Um, some are bartenders, consultants, writers, some are podcast hosts, some are, you know, press. Um, and all of our judges touch different aspects of the industries in their life. And this diversity and representation really enhances the understanding of spirits excellence and consumer preferences. And there's also like, you know, cultural sensitivity that that people bring in. So a lot of times we see products from different countries that maybe not a lot of people understand or know. 
but it's important that our judges understand the the thinking behind it, how it's meant to be drank, how it's meant to be enjoyed, um, the history of it, of the, of that given spirit, and so on and so forth. I think that that is super impactful. The thoughtfulness, right, mm-hmm. behind the actual judging criteria. Mm-hmm. I think that um, folks maybe who are who have maybe never been a judge before don't understand the thought and the care that's put upon, you know, the judge's um, opinion, Mm -hmm. right? Because it is an opinion. And so I do think that it's wonderful that they sit collectively and really have those discussions because, you know, what you're judging is a lot of times someone's life work. Yes. Yes, definitely. And that's, that's, it's, it's one of the things, you know, as the managing director of a competition, yes, I touch a lot of products and I classify them and I put them in boxes and make sure mm-hmm. that they're ready. But also I want to be sure, like one of the things I have to do is sort of people management of judges' personalities and their moods. And because this, you know, brands pay to have their, their product evaluated and these are their babies. And so sometimes I have to make sure that judges aren't grumpy because we're all humans there is that human aspect to it but so it's making sure that they're not speeding through a flight they're giving every product it's it's due time and 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 consideration and it's easy to also you know everybody loves their brown spirits it's easy to poo poo like a flavored something um but it's so important and that's again coming back to like picking the right people making sure that people understand that there is a space for the traditional and there's space for innovation and these two things you know aren't it's not like excitement of the new isn't the exclusion of the traditional stuff like we're not so one dimensional there's space for everyone and and so it's like it's so important that that I'm managing expectation, managing the culture of our judges. Cause you know, the same way in any company, there's company culture. Um, it's so important to me that there that everyone's voice is heard equally. No one judge is more important than the other. And one of the things I'm so proud of, you know, I've run spirits competitions for a very long time, but I always feel so one of the aspects I haven't touched on is this best in show round. So the first round. I guess I'm sort of jumping around and I apologize because it's so conversational. I'm sort of just like chatting with you, Bridget. <laughs> but so the first round um, products are, are judged on the on on the on its own merit against the standards of the category. But then the top winners, so platinum medal winners, are then sent forth to best in show rounds where they do compete with other products for best vodka. And this is where our entire judging panel sit there on another day. And, you know, I tell them glass one, two, three, and four, are all vodkas. I give them, you know, the basic ABV, if it's a wheat or a rye or a grain vodka, and then it's just voting. It's for what you love the best. There's nothing to do with what you think necessarily the standard should be, but what you prefer, you know. Um, and in those, on the, and on that day with the best in show, I'm so proud because we have these big discussions and oftentimes this year it was about bourbon the best bourbon in show and it was this discussion about a more traditional bourbon versus a single barrel bourbon that was just mind-blowing and I felt like every judge spoke up and judges who've been there with us from the beginning spoke up but also judges who this was their first year and just for me personally, it's a point of pride because I'm like, these people feel so comfortable in a room with all this talent that that they feel that their voice is heard and has and has merit. 
it just is something it's, it's something I work hard to build. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing because there's nothing worse being a judge and feeling intimidated when you walk into a room. I've been there, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel like I'm less than the person sitting um, next to me. So I think that that's super cool that you've created a culture that everyone feels um, free to voice, you know, um, their opinions and their excitement or not excitement. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. It's super cool. So take take us through what happens next. And so, you know, once you have that best in show and something is then a product isn't selected to be that very best, Mm -hmm. where does it go from there? So from there, we are so proud to release our results. We have partnered with VinePair and, oh, well, now I don't know if I'm allowed to (laughs) bring in another publication, but we, we release our results there and brands are then given their medallion artwork, which we provide complimentary at high resolution. And we give them as many tools as we can to really shout it out because the medal is only as good as you market it. If nobody knows you won that medal, you know, that's of no use. It's just a pat on the back for a job well done. Um, But we encourage our brands to post about it on social media, you know, get an ad campaign going, you know, send out a newsletter to their to their subscribers, because it's sort of it's this opportunity to bring in new consumers, but also kind of secure that brand loyalty. It's like a recognition of like you already like us, but look, other people also like us. Right. And so um, we are I mean, at the end of the day, a spirits competition is a tool in a marketer's toolkit um it's a way to 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 build a campaign around it it's a way to to reach out and build brand loyalty um it helps them stand out in a crowded marketplace you know when the consumer goes to the a retailer and they're sort of like hey i'm looking for a bourbon but i don't really know where to start if they're short of having a salesperson help them also a medal from a well respected competition is a, is a sort of like that that friend that's like hey I heard this one's good you know and it opens doors for brands who are looking to break into the US market you know it, it lets an, a prospective importer or distributor know that experts have said that this is a great product Absolutely. Have you had any surprises over the years with emerging categories or even its spirit itself that we were just like, wow, I can't believe that just happened. Definitely. I mean, there, I think for me, I, I think the thing that has not surprised me the most, but has also excited me the most is because we started the competition sort of during the rise, the real big boom of the RTDs, right? Like it's going into pandemic and, and really that helped accelerate the popularity but I'm always surprised at the the quality because you know we've all had that canned cocktail back in the day that was overly sweet artificially flavored and to taste some of the stuff that that brands are producing nowadays it 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 makes me happy to see to see that that rise in quality um we've also seen a lot of um, North American single malts come through that that also excite me. You know, you everyone's kind of always thinking, oh, scotch, single malt scotch and everything, but kind of seeing that category grow 
and the standard and the to the point where sometimes judges are like arguing because they're just so many good ones and they're just sort of like no but this one's better because you know xyz and that kind of stuff so that's another category that has also been exciting me in the last few years um especially as as the ttb starts to make standards for that category you know um it's exciting to see the innovation coming out from there yeah there's so much on the market now um that is absolutely delicious mm-hmm. versus like exactly what you said like before covid if i went to my local liquor store to buy any sort of an rtd And for those who don't know what that means, that means a ready to drink. So maybe a cocktail in a can, let's say, or a beverage in a bottle that's meant to be shared is that a lot of times you'd get something that was made with so many artificial ingredients and just like fluorescent green, which we know is not a real color in nature, right? Right. (laughs) And now now, um, I know when I go to the liquor store and especially being someone that has a mixology, you know, bartending beverage all the way around 360 background, when you come to my house, I think there's a lot of high expectations that Mm -hmm. I'm making like this kick-ass cocktail. When in reality... I just don't feel like it. Right. Because you, you have to do it. do it. So RTDs all come the in. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> RTDs are like my best friend in the summer. And there's mm-hmm. so many wonderful ones to choose from. So I do think that it's this just terrific category, but I cannot get over how it has absolutely exploded. Do you oh, think I know. I know it's so interesting. And like, I I sort of share the same feelings as you personally. I mean, I don't have that background in mixology and, but, but because friends know I work in the industry, they're always like, Oh, make me a cocktail. And I'm like, Oh, or (laughs) now you can try this great RTD and it's exciting for me. And like, even just their packaging is exciting. It's fun to see how they're marketing to the consumers and, and just, yeah, it's to me, I, I, I know it's not the hot, like it's not the newest thing, but I still can't get over it. The, the, the quantities available at that that, that level of quality. Yeah. And how delicious they Mm -hmm. are. It is. It amazes me as well. And so many of my dear friends have their own lines of Mm -hmm. RTDs that I support and I drink here at home, like Charles Jolie's craft house or that Lynette, um, from yes created or social hour from Julie Reiner. Like there's just so mm-hmm. many options now from friends. I love going to liquor store and seeing them on the shelves together. That's all. Yes. It warms my heart is what it does. Can you talk to us um, if there are brands that are listening and they're like, oh, I think that I would love to submit to the LA Spirits Awards. What does that process look like for a brand? Yeah, definitely. So our 2024 competition is actually, we just I don't know if I can announce it now, but I guess I'll give a vague because the dates are sort of set, but not yet officially set. So, but it's going to be in March of 2024. We start taking entries in early January. And really, we try to make that process as seamless as possible because, you know, a lot of it's weird. Spirits competitions exist in the spirits industry, which is very modern and technologically up to date. But a lot of spirits competitions are sort of stuck in this like paper kind of mode and and there and so we built at LA Spirits Awards we kind of did this proprietary system that you can just go online we tried it as much as possible to not ask you as many useless questions and there's also like the history of what you've entered in past years so if you are a past entrant there is a um a function where you can kind of just like click like I want to re-enter this it's sort of like an add to cart rather than starting from scratch and like 
typing out your brand name and your product and your like alcohol percentage and all that stuff. It's just add to cart, edit, you know, anything that you might need to edit. And then it's just a couple clicks of the button. And so um, that is sort of what we try to do for our, for our entrance. And so it's going online, clicking, you pay online, and then you're just shipping us your samples. And from there, on the back end, I'm receiving, you know, hundreds of bottles, making sense of them in that that stage of my job. I'm a warehouse manager, almost just sort of doing a lot of operations. And like, like, oftentimes, I think I like to picture myself as like Amazon and Amazon bot, like, because we are very detailed. And we're very, these are people's babies, we don't take it lightly. So we make sure that everything's temperature controlled, that we're categorizing everything. I, I touch every single bottle that comes into our competition. I look at your label. I make sure the information you typed in is correct, that it's in the right category, that the information we do provide our judges with, which for the most part, it's just alcohol percentage. We do tell them what kind of a product it is because it's not your job to guess. You know, we don't have to sit there and go, I think this is a bourbon. Rather, we tell you. Um, if there's any aging years on it, we give that information. So making sure that all that information is put down clearly so that it gets then given to our judges when they're tasting, because they obviously don't see the bottles. Um, so that's a lot of just logistics at that point. Um, and then we have the competition. And then about a week after the competition, brands get an email. They can log on to our website where it's their entrant control panel. That's where all your information is in this house. You get your results. You can download medallion artwork. And also that's, again, it's this thing where if you are a previous year entrant, you can go on and you can download previous year's um, results and medallions. It's trying to make that easier for everyone that it's all in one place and you don't have to call in the office. Everything is sort of automated as much as we can. Um, and it's on there too. We have a lot of resources for our entrance. We connect people with importers and distributors, or if you need, if you are a brand that needs some um, legal work from, from a perspective of, you know, getting, making sure you have the ABC um, license and everything. We have a lawyer that we love. Um, we have point of sale partners and obviously uh, media partners as well. So it's all there. We try to make it as robust as we can, taking advantage of technology that isn't new, but maybe is newer to the spirits competition side of the industry. My, oh my, like what a long way spirit competitions have come and it's <laughs> like you definitely have like the most innovative one that's currently you. out there just even with these simple processes for the brands because I know they can be completely tedious sometimes or intimidating yeah I think that's brand to submit but to make it easy on them is awesome yeah, it's one of the things we try to offer. I think a lot of the industry just understands spirits competition from a judging perspective. They want to see judges that they know, but they don't understand also just how much the spirits management part of, of spirits competition, how important it is to have. Because a lot of it, like I said, it happens 
closed doors, the, the brands don't come to the competition. We keep it closed doors in order to kind of control for the environment. We don't want our judges distracted. We don't want there to be pure pressure of like our brand guessing if they know a brand rep and they show up, they know, oh, you know, this person's product is somewhere in the competition. We don't want any of that stuff that we can't control for those biases. So we take that out. And so from a brand's perspective, you're entering a competition, you're sending us products, and then a couple months or weeks later, you get results. You don't really understand what goes on and the intricacies and how important that that management side of it is to making sure that your baby is really given its fair chance, its fair shake at a, at a medal. Um, because there are a lot of, you know, I've run a lot of different competitions and I've done satellite competitions too. And there are a lot of mistakes that can happen that brands don't actually like. There's no way for a brand to know that. And and so you put a lot of faith in the competition you choose to enter. And so Joel and I always say it's 50-50, 50% competition management, 50% judging. They are equally important. Um, but I don't think the the industry understands enough. And so we always feel like it's our task to educate people on just how important that part, the, the management part of it is. It really is because without proper management, you don't have the competition. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. You know, you don't have the integrity and the ease and um, you don't, you know, you want to make sure that the spirits want to come back, but the judges mm-hmm. as well. So when you have all that working in harmony, then you have something that's magical and really special uh, for the industry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, definitely. I think it's something that I spent years honing this very niche skill. You know, I've been, this is majority of my career has been uh, managing spirits and wine competitions. And I know a lot of random knowledge about it that, that really only applies to it. And so I always say it's like my calling, you know, I, I, um, I, it, it, from more, a more personal point of view, you know, I think women have a lot of imposter syndrome where they don't trust their guts and they're not sure. And I found that in the, you know, in my thirties, the, the beauty of it is that I do know I've been doing this for this long. And I do know that I have a lot of expertise and learning to trust myself and not like kind of peek and be like, well, what are other people doing? You know, what are other competitions doing? It's like trusting that I do have that knowledge and that expertise and kind of leaning into it. So like from a personal point of story, I guess it's like, it's been empowering for me to kind of come into that. (laughs) I think you are exactly where you're supposed to be. Thank you. I appreciate it. What is next for the LA Spirit Awards? Well, we are we are having our first event. So one of the things we've always wanted to offer our winners is a post-competition, like kind of little event for you to celebrate your win, get in front of industry and 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 shout it from the mountaintops. But because we launched during COVID, it became like you know, our first two competitions were done remotely. And like, it was not easy to figure out how to do a competition (laughs) remotely. But thank goodness, it's sort of like if I had been a complete newbie at managing spirits competitions, I don't think we would have been able to launch when we did. But because I've been doing it for so many years, it was just a lot of pivoting and flexibility. And I'm so thankful to my team and the judges for having faith in us. And we were able to do it for two years remotely. 
Um, it worked out, but then the third year, which then happened last year, 2022 was our third year, but our first year in person. It was so fun to meet up with everybody and like all these judges who I had been working with for two years who were just talking heads floating on a screen were actually like in real life. I think one of our judges even said like, oh, look, you have legs. <laughs> but um, yeah. It, it was just it's it's nice to 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 do it in person and so we're doing we have a holiday event coming up in December in LA if you are in town we'd love to have you attend but um we're very excited to offer that to our brands and then also this year was our first year we actually launched in conjunction with LA Spirits Awards we have a sister competition called High Spirits Awards for cannabis beverages so this was sort of a a new thing this year. You know, we've seen the popularity and the rise in cannabis beverages and how much they are kind of following the path of more traditional beverages and being an alternative to people who maybe don't want to drink alcohol, but want to still feel social and still kind of feel involved rather than ordering, you know, a, a soda water. They can they can try something else. And uh, there are a lot of laws and, and and things are still moving as with anything in the cannabis industry. But um, we launched it, we had, I think, about 50 products enter last year. And very exciting. And I think the comment we got from our judges was how they were so impressed with the quality of the beverages, like, like, they were worried about just, you know, how the cannabis is, is integrated into a liquid form and, and all and they didn't want to be tasting the cannabis and all that stuff. But the quality was great. Um, and so next we're, we're 2024 will be our second year, we're hoping to really grow there's so many great um, brands out there. And I think what's interesting about High Spirits Awards for us is we are not only the first cannabis beverage competition, but also cannabis beverage from a traditional beverage industry perspective. So it's we're not judging on the high you get because that's so subjective. You know, I could drink a can and be perfectly fine and the next person would just be like done, right? Um, but it's on taste. So it's sort of applying a more traditional beverage industry lens on on a sector that is up and coming and a little different to ours, but also there's so many parallels to it. I love that you're taking a chance on that category because you're exactly right. It's it only has room to grow. Mm -hmm. And and it and it also has room within that for us to have better understanding of the product itself and it does affect everyone different mm -hmm. but if it doesn't taste good at the end of the day you're not going to drink it again right no one's right? reaching for it if it doesn't taste great and like because there are other ways if you're just looking to get high there are other maybe quicker better ways to do it so you know i think we're, we're sort of applying this lens of just it's it's an alternative the same way non-alcoholic products have been a big category in the last few years we we sort of and then we do have a, a big non-alcoholic category we have a bunch of categories and we have a whole panel dedicated to just non-alcoholic products um which also has been another interesting and fun category for me personally um because i'm i I'm not always wanting to drink alcohol. I think as we get older, we find different, you know, drink in, in different times and different ways. And so the non-alcoholic, um, the rise in the non-alcoholic sector and the offerings has been exciting for me to go to bars and to be able to order a drink that isn't just like a Diet Coke or a tonic water, you know, 
Um, and it's fun to see the creativity within that space. But um, yeah, I think the same way not an alcoholic drinks are out there. I think we sort of see that for the future for cannabis beverages that, that you could go hopefully one day, depending on the state you're in, <laughs> go to a bar and order that, you know, yeah, I mean, for now, not. I guess, you know, being able to offer it to friends at parties, the same way you can order, you can offer a ready to drink canned cocktail. A hundred percent. I think it's so cool that you are taking a chance on that category. And with that said, can you give our listeners some advice as a person who really has taken um, stock in all of their expertise mm -hmm. and you've really put your money where your mouth is? I mean, you, you've you gone at this unafraid in a way and really um, trusting in yourself to do mm -hmm. a good job. Can you give some advice to those that are listening that are maybe second guessing themselves, let's say, on taking that next career step. Right. No matter what field it might be in. Um, that's such a great question. And it's something that like I still sometimes I think, what would what would someone advise me as a, you know, as a small business owner that's just sort of like taking this leap of faith? I think for me, what has been so important is it's also surrounding myself with the right people. Um, making sure you have the right support system in place, have the right partner with you. Um, you know, Joel and I have worked together before, but he and I have a beautiful personal relationship, but also a beautiful professional relationship. And we rely on each other. I think one of the my biggest lessons has sort of been like to because the same way for brands when they submit their product, that's their baby. LA Spirits Awards is my baby. And it's so hard to not take everything personal. Like even like if someone were to be, you know, a little critical on social media, it's like, oh, they they don't like me. And it's sort of like getting over that, that emotional part. So for me personally, I think um, having that emotional support in a business partner, but also among friends and family, people that I can talk to about it has been so important to just kind of take that emotion out of it and realize like, at the end of the day, it is, it is my baby, but it's also just business, right? Like you do have to make certain decisions. And, and my, my cousin who is sort of a therapist and he professionally is sort of also a life coach for a lot of professionals. Um, he told me that it's okay to be a villain in someone else's story every so often, because, you know, as women, we always want to be liked. We want everyone to be friends Ooh. with us. And I just like took that to heart because it's okay. It's business. You know, we don't have to, it's sort of, you don't have to always please everybody. Right. Yeah. We can, we do tend to be people placers for sure. So I love that advice. Oh my goodness. Well, Nicolette, I want to wish you so much success. You are a woman that I absolutely admire. Oh, thank and you, Bridget. That means a lot. It means a lot coming from you. Thank you. Well, it's the truth. And, and I want to just wish you some great health and a lot of peace. Thank you so much for coming on Served Up. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers! <laughs>